98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Yeah, kind of a busy day around the National Football League. Here to bring us all of today's top stories in one place. It is Wolf and Down Your Lunch, and here's Aaron Maloney. Aaron? So, yeah, I mean... My whole wolf and down your lunch changed at 1130, guys. Yeah. So according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, Chandler Jones is headed to the Raiders. And according to Ian Rappaport, it's a three-year deal worth roughly $51 million. Your right, reaction. I mean, the Cardinals were never going to give him a three-year deal. I think that, you know, it, our initial reaction, the second it happened, Wolf, I told you, my, my reaction was not what I expected from me. Right? I was like, okay, good. He's going yeah, to the Raiders. Right. I mean, if, he, if you walk it back to the start of last season, I would have been like, I don't want him leaving Arizona. But I had come to terms with the fact he was leaving Arizona long before today. What I didn't want was to see Chandler Jones is going to the Rams. Or even Chandler Jones is going to the Cowboys or another contender in the NFC. He's over there in the AFC. Just keep pushing all the talent over to the AFC. I, everything you just said right there, I second that. There's no doubt about it, man. I'm just fired up for Chandler Jones. I love Chan. Uh, this guy has been a pro's pro, a guy that signed a five-year, $83 million contract with the Arizona Cardinals and got better throughout the life of that contract. It's something you just don't see an awful lot of. Um, fare thee well, Chandler Jones. So according to Josina Anderson, she was told that the other teams Jones was considering were the Jets, the Bills, Colts, and 49ers. Oh, <laughs> I didn't like that last oh, one. Oh, that would have that would have sucked buttermilk. That would have been horrible. Oh, that would have sucked buttermilk if he actually would have gone to the 49ers. At a certain point, it wouldn't matter who the 49ers quarterback is if they only give up three points oh. a game. <laughs> oh, that is, to your point, once again, yeah. let us all rejoice. Over to the AFC. Over to the AFC West. With you, Chan. The Jets. Why was he looking at the Jets? All right, That's go ahead. Awesome. Well, he is from New York. Yeah. Although I don't know. Why were the Jets looking at him? Why did the Jets do any of the things the Jets okay. do? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All righty, guys. According to reports, cornerback Jeff Gladney is signing with the Cardinals. Gladney is 25 and a former first-round pick of the Vikings. What are your thoughts on this? So, not not a big name. It's not like they went out and got Stephon Gilmore or any of these guys that are really, truly established corners. But, Wolf, I can't imagine they would go out and get a guy who was just a first-round pick in 2020 to be, like, a guy that's going to compete for playing time in training camp. I imagine this guy's coming in here. He's going to play. And so I have to think that, other than maybe if a, if a corner they really like falls to them in the draft, they consider their secondary pretty shorn up, at least compared to other positions like like edge rusher and wide receiver and right guard. And there's other positions of need now more so on this team. Yeah, once again, listen, this dude has decent size. 5'10", 192, so maybe he's not as tall as what you would hope to play the outside, but he can at 5'10", 192 pounds, runs a sub 4'5". But what I love about Jeff Gladney is how competitive Jeff Gladney is. When he came out of TCU, 
In 2020, he had the reputation of being an absolute dog. An alpha is what they called him, as a matter of fact. A guy that would love to compete and would compete on every down, whether it was practice or in a game. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of guy that you want. I like this. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be the definition of hungry. He's going to get the opportunity to change his life and get it right. In addition, our own John Gambadoro is reporting that Max Williams is returning to the Cardinals on a one-year deal. Wolf, how important is this move? Tell the Valley. We all, we all or tell knew. The Basin. Yeah, exactly right. We all knew this was this was hopefully going to happen. But now it has. So now we can start drooling because the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a more physical team in 2022, Basinonians. They're going to be a more physical team. In rundown situation, they're going to line up in two tights the vast majority of the time. In my opinion, we'll see. But I think Max Williams signing and Zach Ertz signing and James Connors signing, I think that portends of some bloody nose football to come. And I love it. I hope for your sake they run more 12 personnel after all this. They I really to. hope so. They have to. Uh, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to have Zach Ertz and Max Williams and not be using both of them. have to. We'll see. Let we'll the bloodletting begin. The Phoenix Suns scored at least 30 points in all four quarters last night as they defeated the Pelicans 131 to 115. Here's Devin Booker discussing the key to the Suns' success on the road. I mean, we just come together, man. It's, you know, it's, it's fun to be a part of. And, you know, even doing our whole pregame, you know, situation, I say routine, but there's so much to it. It's more than a routine. Uh, just it, it gets us hype, man. I think everybody versus us is taking that approach to it and, you know, just enjoying the road games, enjoying being the, the, the bear of bad news coming through here. I think, you know, it's something that we definitely own. And he and before oh. you react, Wolf, here is what he means by the whole pregame situation that they do to get each other hyped. Imagine that. Like, you've been downstairs for NBA games before a game starts, right? You don't typically hear, like, you hear teams talk. You hear them firing up a little bit. But if you aren't aware that that's what the Suns do, Yo. and they come to your your city, and they show up in your arena, and you're just like a worker downstairs or whatever, you're a reporter, and you're like, what is going on by the visiting locker room right now? A pack of dogs is what is going on with the Phoenix Suns right now. And minus the profanity, my young crunk brothers, of course, this is... You you just love to see the intensity and hear the intensity coming out of these guys. And they're having fun. They're having fun being dogs. What a beautiful thing that is. They are. They're going to have to edit out the profanity when they do the Disney movie about the uh, the Phoenix Sun season, which they will call Monty Ball. You know, honestly, if you just want to relieve some stress, uh, wherever you may be, Basin Onions, just walk outside and start barking as loud as you possibly can. 
start barking. I just do it in your office. It'll just go. You know what? They why not? Why not? Just do well. Security might be called. Well, then bark right. louder. Um, Who's going to call no. security on a barking um, dog? I don't think you're going to be barking with cuffs hmm. around your wrists and you on the ground. <laughs> that escalated very quickly. Have you ever been arrested, Luke? Come no. on, now look at me. Don't look away. Why no. did you look away? Because I'm looking at the clock. Away. We're past. The you break. looked away when the I barbarians up next. Yeah, you can't. You can't oh, interrogate okay. somebody when Here they're looking go. at the clock. <laughs> All right, Dennis Gardak. You can is ask him about barking. Back with the Cardinals on a three-year deal. So, uh, so what's next? We're going to ask him. He is joining us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome back to the show. It is the Wolf and Luke Show live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. One of the moves that the Cardinals have made this week, and Wolf, I know you and I both like this one, was uh, keeping Dennis Gardek, who joins us now on the 72-sold sports line. Dennis, thank you for the time. Um, you know, you look at your path to get to the NFL. You're going into year five. You just got a new deal. You got to be feeling pretty good about this. Yep. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm 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 super stoked about uh, heading into year five. Um, I, I feel like the only the only way to go is is to get one step better. Dennis, do you like the fact that they broke the news by actually saying you're called the barbarian? Did you did you like that? My agent absolutely loves the barbarian. <laughs> what about you though, Dennis? Do you like it? What yes. is good, God? Yes, I do. I, I I think I've spoken on record saying I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's great, buddy man. Congratulations. Thank you. That is a big deal right now. Um talk a little bit about the C and wearing the C. What does it mean to you, Dennis? Uh, well, first and foremost, I think it's, it's the highest honor um, with within the team that, that you know your peers voted you um, a captain, um, and I, I think it's a huge responsibility that that now that you have the C on your chest, people are are looking to you. Um, you know, when times are good and times are bad, you know, are you going to continue to put in the work when, when we're eight? No, are you going to, um, fight and you rally the troops, um, when, when we need a big play? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a huge deal. Um, and I, it's not something I wear lightly. We're talking to Dennis Gardek. Uh, Dennis, when when you look at this defense, I guess really both sides of the football and special teams. I mean, there, there a lot of things went well last year. The first few days here of free agency, it's been a lot of the Cardinals bringing back guys uh, as a player on this team going through the ups and downs of last year. How do you feel about that? I, I think it, it sends the, the perfect message, and it's where I feel like we're at is we're close. We, you know, if we're not bringing in huge pieces, we, we have everything we need right in house. Um, so I, I think it's awesome. I'm on board. I'm ready to go and I'm ready to do the thing. So I know that you're probably tired about asking or answering all the questions, of course, about the second half of the season. But now that you've had a little time and space and a little perspective from the season, do you have any ideas, Dennis, as to what happened in the second half of the season after going 10-2 and two, and then the way you guys finished? 
Um, I, I don't, and it, it, it it's honestly it's something I've flushed, and I, I've I'm gearing up for next season. I'm trying to find ways that that I can improve pass rush wise, special teams wise, as a leader, and, and continue to uh, to develop and grow in my role. Mm. Dennis, you're obviously not in charge of personnel decisions, but you guys, it sounds like Chandler Jones going to Vegas. That news came out earlier today. Just as a teammate, what does that mean to lose a guy like that? What was he like to play with? He he was a tremendous teammate, um, and I'm going to miss him. Uh, just you know, always cracking jokes in, in the meeting room to, to firing guys up on game day. Um, he had he had. Uh, a saying that he would say but the night before a game, don't be afraid to make plays. And um, hearing that from a, a, a veteran voice as a young player, um, it, it, it meant a, a ton. Um, his influence is all over this team. Um, sad to see him go, but I'm, I'm happy for him um, and excited for him. So, Dennis, is this a situation where you don't think it's important to actually figure out what happened in the second half of last year? Just figure out what you're going to do as an individual, what you're going to do about it. Is is yeah. that the answer? I, I, I believe in extreme accountability. It's, it's my job to figure out what I can do better to get um, where we need to be next season. When you said you're looking ahead to to towards next season already, um, and I know it's early, I know some pieces are still going to move around, but what would you want the identity, I guess specifically of the defense, but maybe just of the whole team, what, what would you want the identity of the Cardinals defense to be in 2022? Oh, a, a tenacious attack style defense. Um, that, that's the type of defense that VJ um, has called. Um, and I think physicality, um, toughness, and then um, being smart football players is, is situationally is as well as individually um, is very important. Do you think you're going to play more defense this year than you did last year, Dennis? Uh, I'm, I'm going to improve my skill set, um, and I'm going to allow you know the coaching staff to, to figure out where where that fits within the scheme. When, when you look at that defense now, I mean, there's there's a lot of youth there, certainly at the linebacker position with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot made about how those guys really haven't had a normal offseason. Just in your experience, how, how mm -hmm. big is that for a young player to develop to have an actual normal offseason to get ready? Yeah, it, it's huge. Uh, that's where a lot of the learning takes place. Um, I, I know I was coming from an outside uh, linebacker role to an inside linebacker role that my first year, um, and I knew I was good at playing football, but it, I had never played NFL football before. Um, so there, there's a learning curve, and I, I feel like a lot of questions and a lot of um, development comes in an off season, and having a regular one only improves um, that development and learning. Yeah, you know, right now I remember talking to you, Dennis, and saying to you, man, if you can get year two, you're going to get 10 years in this mm -hmm. league. You know, do you feel like Dennis? I mean, is are you on track to get 10 years in this league? Mm -hmm. that, that's something that I have not forgotten, and I, I do not want to make a liar out of you. So I've gotten my two. I have to get to 10. <laughs> We're talking to Dennis Gardeck. Dennis, your, your path to get to the NFL was, was not, you know, it was, it was a little unorthodox. I mean, I mean, not to say other guys don't appreciate where they are, but again, you know, the years you've had and the deal you just signed, is this a situation where you do just appreciate every day a lot now because of that? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, um, you know, the 
the path that I, I've had to walk um, definitely allows me to soak in these moments and cherish them. So, Dennis, talk to me a little bit about special teams, okay? You know I don't like to refer to them as special teams. Um, I, I call it transitional technician, <laughs> the transition game, okay? Um, talk to me about if you were going to play one spot on special teams, where exactly would you want to play? What's the one rep you want on special teams if you had to pick one? I'm taking an R5 or an L5 on kickoff. <laughs> And I'm running down, and my only responsibility is tackle the guy that has the ball. However you have to do it, avoid whoever, go through whoever, I'm getting the guy with the ball. So, Dennis, is it still is it still kickoff cover that most guys in the NFL don't want to be on? Is it still is it still kickoff cover that is the diciest proposition? Is it still one of the scariest propositions? Even though they have simplified a lot of what the receiving team can do, I, I have never ever had an issue strapping up my uh, chin strap for kickoff coverage. Kick off return when you got to stop the guys that are thinking the same crazy thoughts me and you are on kickoff that's that's when the the palms start to sweat a little bit but uh i have no issues with kickoff coverage okay so yes the l5 and the r5 for anyone that is listening out there right now those are the railroad tracks those are, mm-hmm. those are the hash marks that go down the middle of the field and by the way if you find yourself in between those hash marks bad bad things Things happen there, just by, so by you design. Know. Yes, uh, Dennis, I got one more for you. You guys had nine captains that started last season, and two of those guys now, with Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks, are, are gone. Uh, you were one of the nine captains. Are you confident that there's still enough additional leadership to step into some of those roles? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, leadership at, at all levels and all positions is something that's kind of been instilled as, as long as I've been a part of this organization. That. Um, See or see or no see, um, everybody has a leadership role on this team, um, and it, it, it's cultivated leaders um, from the top down and from from bottom up. So, Dennis, talk to me about your ACL and and how you feeling right now, and your prospects going forward. Mm, um, I, I feel like with the off season, I kind of realized. Um, that I hadn't taken a breath, you know, that I, w- I was gritting my teeth and kind of holding my breath through the, the ACL rehab process. And I felt good at the time, um, but it wasn't until the off season where I could kind of exhale, reflect, and, and, you know, take a minute. And now I feel so much better. And, and um, I'm really excited, uh, you know, already getting back into my training and everything. I, I'm excited about what this next year will bring. Well, Dennis, we appreciate the time, man. Congratulations on the new deal. Good luck going forward. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's Dennis Gardeck joining us uh, on the 72 Soul Sports Fund, speaking your language over there. What is good, Gardeck? You guys were having a full kickoff coverage conversation. Just love right it, man. Yeah. He, he is a baller, man. He is. And what I'm happy, he's on his way to 10 years, Lord willing. He's got to be the most... The player you identify with the most no on this team. No doubt Okay, it. yeah. No I, doubt. I was yep. wondering if I forgot somebody. Yep. But no, that, that, that seems like the very, very clear answer. Circumference to the wall, baby.
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, how important is it for the Suns to finish the regular season strong? They feel like it's pretty important. We'll explain why next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing slow down. Well, there's been so much football going on today, as you would expect. So, uh, first of all, Wolf, I feel like you should give me some credit for predicting that there was going to be a Chandler Jones deal before two o'clock today. Yeah, I'm on. Well done. I'm on a crazy run of completely useless predictions coming right. I feel like I should be using these for more important things. Totally. It's going to end soon, like fulcrum football or something like yeah, that. Yes, you might actually be right on something, like the Carson Wentz prediction other last that, week. Other Remember than that? Guessing where somebody's going to go doesn't matter. Keeps, um, it keeps. was a nice prediction by you. I'll give you that. Uh, everybody happy for Chan, I think. I mean, you, you yes. couldn't ask for much more than what he uh, than what he gave the Cardinals. The uh, the Phoenix Suns win last night. They will play the Houston Rockets tonight. Not a lot of uh, regular season games left for the Suns. And the game last night, the Suns basically afterwards said, yeah, we owed them. Devin Booker did say word for word, we owed them. And uh, I like this comment from Booker, too, about the way the Suns approach road games. I mean, we just come together, man. It's, you know, it's, it's fun to be a part of. And, you know, even doing our whole pregame, you know, situation, I say routine, but there's so much to it. It's more than a routine. Uh, just it, it gets us hype, man. I think everybody versus us is taking that approach to it and, you know, just enjoying the road games, enjoying being the, the, the bear of bad news coming through here. I think, you know, it's something that we definitely own. Man, I'll tell you what. Well, where do you begin on this I just, one? I, right I love, I love the mentality of yeah, we're the bearer of bad news. You know, the Phoenix Suns are coming to down. You're, you're probably going to lose. That's just a matter of so how. Devin Booker. That is so book right there. We're the bearer of bad news. <laughs> the harbingers of sorrow, aren't you? That to me gets me so jacked up, and the fact that book takes a lot of enjoyment in that. The intensity before the game and what they do, the pack of dogs that they are. Um, they showed up in the Big Easy and voided themselves on the Pelicans' front porch, my brothers. <laughs> they did that. Um, and you know that's a coaching axiom, of course, yeah. in the NFL, voiding yourself on the opponent's front porch. <laughs> I can't say it's what yeah, I've heard words, before, but go ahead. Um, my old coach used to say, ladies and gentlemen, be a dog that barks. And bites. Be a dog that barks and bites. Don't be a dog that barks loud and does his business close to the porch. Twenty six <laughs> and six on the road. Twenty six and six on the road. They 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 bark and they bite. That's the great thing about the Phoenix Suns. Metaphorically speaking, they go out and they back it up. But I love their little routine that they do, the tunnel time routine. They're just, part of it is insanity. It really is. And part of it is intensity. It's a blending of intensity and insanity. And it's fun. And you watch them, the, the looks on their faces as they're all enjoying each other. Tapping into that insanity it is and like that intensity. Organized insanity exactly. before the game. And, and it's it, fun it is and a they're routine. smiling. And then all of a sudden it's not a smile, it's a frown. That's on the and then they start barking 
JaVale McGee finishes it. He gets in there, and he starts firing them up, minus the profanity, of course, my young crunk brothers. But honestly, I love the fact he gets in there, gets them all fired up, and they start barking to a man. Start barking. Man, this is this is who they are. How different would this team be if they didn't have JaVale McGee? And the reason I ask that is because I feel like this this is the part of the season now where he's really going to show his worth. And he talked about, uh, after the game last night, the importance of championship teams finishing the season strong. The Suns are up seven and a half games. These games don't mean anything in the standings. But to JaVale McGee, who has three uh, NBA title rings, they absolutely mean something to the Suns as they set up now for that first round of the playoffs. I definitely think those these moments uh, at the end of the, end of the season, uh, it would it, be easy to just, oh, we got the number one spot and whatever, we can relax. But uh, championship teams, especially the ones that I've been on, I've seen the, those last 15, 14 games when you're really ramping it up for the playoffs to get your mind right, to get physically right, to to get on, on court mind right, just ready for that playoff mentality and, and really locking in and doing what we need to do. Um, we missing uh, Cam, we missing Chris, but it's no drop off uh, because one through fifteen is locked in. Um, and I think once Chris comes back, once Cam comes back, uh, right before those playoffs, it's going to be even better. We're not even playing our best basketball right now. Wow, one through fifteen is locked in, and you know what? That's what it feels like, man, when you watch the Phoenix Suns play. There's no doubt about it. Doesn't matter whoever is out on that court. You better represent who we are. Oh, you better represent who we are. To a man, the Suns go out and they play like dogs. Well, and peer pressure. This is what peer pressure does as well. Even if you're not a dog. Right? Even the cats start barking. <laughs> I finally understand what that even, saying even means. Even the cats start barking. Well, yeah, if, if you're if you're whoever, if you're Aaron Holiday, if you're Alfred Payton, you come off the bench and you don't perform, you're not going to play the next game. You might not be on the team for very long. And I this is a team it. you want to be on. This is I, I've said this all season long, and I firmly believe this, Wolf. Ten years from now, we're, we're, we're still going to remember this Suns team, whether they win the title or not. Now, obviously, if they win the title, then it's completely different because no Suns team has ever done that. But ten years from now, we're looking, if they don't win the title, we're looking back at all the just the best Suns team I'm sure some of this is recency bias, but some of it is the makeup of this team. This is the team I think I'm going to be thinking of most first when somebody says, okay, what about the great Suns teams? This is the most fun team just because of of how they are around each other off the court, which would not be nearly as endearing if they were 30 and 50. Correct. That's the great thing about it. But they're also the best team yes. in the NBA, and they're fine trashing each other. We saw that last <laughs> year. They're fine that nobody's feelings get hurt. They just come back harder on the other one the next time. Or you've got JaVale McGee here now, too, with all this, all the pregame stuff, and just that mentality that he just added to. They already had the mentality, but JaVale McGee just takes it to a whole nother level. No, JaVale McGee was laugh out loud funny just watching it right now. Can you imagine this? Here you've got the best team in the association, the Phoenix Suns, and they're out there. And I forget, they had a 28-point lead, I believe, in this game. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, it was out of hand. And you had JaVale McGee. (laughs) You had JaVale McGee out on the floor. Can you imagine the kind of effort that JaVale McGee gives and what you expect from that dog? He's out on the floor. And you're down by 26. 
26, 24, 28 points. Yeah. And he's out there playing like it was the end of the game scenario in game seven of the NBA finals. It really leaves no doubt about it, right? If you're if you're the other team and you're like, okay, you know what? We still got time. We can come back, right? Maybe if everything just goes right, and then you see JaVale McGee acting like you just said, like it's a tie game with 30 seconds left in game seven in the finals. You must just be like, he's they're going to make us fight for every possession. <laughs> Are we really just, coming honestly, back? Honestly, right now, at some point in time, JaVale, just back off, will you? <laughs> it's got to I mean, be demoralizing for played, the other team. He played with force, and he produced winning basketball. He's he's one of the best examples you could possibly have, one of the best examples of force that DeAndre Ayton could have. Right in front of him. DA is not done. DA is not done. You're right. It is by design. But the fact that he can go out and tangibly impact games the way that he does, JaVale McGee, and then you can tell me intangibly impacts the future of the Phoenix Suns by setting an example for a young DA who is still developing. That's right. Still developing. Watch the tape, bruh. That's a conversation that we should have at some point, and maybe we just have it after the season. But the guys that are on this Suns team right now impacting future Suns teams, right? You're not taking anything. This is not, hey, we're rebuilding and we're stockpiling picks and trading for for young players. But no, Chris Paul, JaVale McGee, Jay Crowder, guys that are impacting DeAndre Ayton and some of these other young players. Whoever the Suns eventually have to turn to a point guard whenever Chris Paul retires in a couple years, is that campaign? Is that somebody else? I hope they learn under Chris Paul for a couple years because the difference that guys show in their game when they've been around Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Like I hope it's not Chris Paul retires and they go out and get a point guard. I hope their future point guard is on the team before Chris Paul retires. I'm looking at campaign right now. He's got an opportunity. You watch campaign. He has developed. You don't get a lot of the out-of-control stuff anymore from Cam. He's better. The Madness tips off tomorrow. Compete in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks for your shot at $4,000 by texting Bucks to 620-620. We'll send you a link to fill out your bracket. That's Bucks to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. When we come back, the Cardinals have added a cornerback today. Corner, not quarter, cornerback. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I'm having trouble trying to sleep. All right, the Cardinals have added a piece today in case you're just jumping in the car. Wolf, first of all, do you want to guess who this is? Uh, Green Day. <laughs> I know my Green Day now. Just because there are other bands that actually sound like Green Day. Kick it right here. The question isn't whether or not you recognize Green Day. It's that you think everybody else is also Green Day. I know. Yeah. Just ripping Green Day off, I think, basically is the point I'm making. But you also, to be fair, think pretty much every band after Green Day ripped Green Day off. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I just want to get all the parameters out there. Uh, so the Cardinals did go out today and add a corner, and it's it's an interesting addition. It's... um. 
I don't know. I still have mixed emotions on this one, Wolf. I know. I know you're you're in on this one, and yeah. and and I might be, but I'm going to take a wait and see approach. They add Jeff Gladney, the former first round pick of the Minnesota Vikings in 2020. Started 15 games in 2020, played in all 16 as a rookie, then was arrested for domestic violence, was recently found uh, innocent. That was like a week and a half ago, a week ago. So you're getting a first-round talent, and it's not a first-round talent from like eight years ago where they've, they've shown right. that they're a bust. Right. Where I have mixed emotions, and I'm setting aside all the off-the-field stuff yet because all we can go by is that he was found innocent. Where I have mixed emotions is I was hoping for just like an established, this guy's been in the league for five or six years, this guy's a stud, he's already shown it in the NFL, slide him right in, slide everybody else down a spot. It doesn't mean this guy can't become that guy. Right. It's just there's still some unknown here. Okay, but would you accepted the fact the Arizona Cardinals may have selected a corner at number 23 in the first round? Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, Yes, we talked I, I about think this a couple. One of the positions that you would consider, yeah, yeah. And this is again, this is just personal preference. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I, I, my thought was, I'd rather just go out and get a Stephon Gilmore or whoever, and use that pick on somebody else because my corners are already so young. Yeah, but you're right. That was probably going to be what they did. And now you just basically got a first-round corner. Again, I, I don't know that's what they were going to do, obviously, and we don't know how the draft would have fallen to them at number 23. We have no idea, but I will say right now, they got a first-round corner. They got a first-round corner. Jeff Gladney, there's nobody out there that doesn't think he's got first-round talent. He does, if he plays up to that talent. Now, once again, the off-the-field stuff, I, I can't even comment on that. The reason why I can't is because I don't know all the details. I, I don't know all the details. All I know is that a court of law found him innocent, and you have to start there. And I'm hoping that this is going to be just the fact that he went through this process after starting 15 games his rookie year. That he had these off-the-field issues that suddenly wiped out the season for him. And going forward, hopefully this is going to get his attention. Whatever happened, whatever transpired, I don't know. But hopefully this will get this young man's attention and focus it on the job at hand. And that is going out and supporting his family the best that he can. Well, it is entirely possible. I mean, you can see why they why they made this move. It's entirely possible that the secondary becomes a strength for this team, like a legitimate strength, because you have the benefit of having Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. So those guys at safety, you're already Class you're, you're playing from ahead, right? But if Byron Murphy takes another step, if Marco Wilson, honestly, if Marco Wilson just does what he did for the first half of last season, except does it for a whole season. Just build off what you did in yeah. your rookie year but right you, now. You basically have two second-year players. That's my concern. It, it, and concern maybe is, is, is too strong of a word, but going into free agency, my hope was, okay, maybe they do come out of this with yeah. Stephon Gilmore or somebody. So from that perspective, it's like, okay, there's an unknown here. But, you, you, I mean, you're talking about Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and Jeff Gladney. If those guys all become what the Cardinals envision them becoming, and, and they're not all rookies, they've played a little bit now. Right. You put that around Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. That's a that's a daunting no, secondary. I, I 
I like that. I like that a lot. Now, again, they've got to go play. They've got to play up to their talent and play up to their ability. But I like that for the defense. Um, offensively right now, I love what the Arizona Cardinals have done. They doubled down on saying at one point in time we were 7-0. and At one point in time, go back and watch the first five. Watch the first five games of the Arizona Cardinals and how they played those first five games. And their offense was electric. It was on fire for the most part. Yeah, I believe they had the San Francisco game that was in there, game number four, where they only scored 17 points. No doubt about it, but offensively, you look at the first five, six weeks of the season, the Arizona Cardinals were on fire, and Max Williams is right in the middle of all of that. Right in the middle of it. They doubled down on that and said, that happened. This offense was that good. When we had all of our pieces. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we're going to do it again. We're going to double down on that. They're going to do it differently out of 12 personnel, more two tight ends than 11 personnel, which was their basic rundown situation, basic personnel group, three wide receivers in rundown. That's what they were using with Max Williams as a stud tight end. They're going to go to more 12. This is what I think. I could be dead wrong on this, but this is what I'm making the assumption of. This offense is going to be better because of it. Jeff Gladney, that that might open up some money where you don't have to spend it on a corner. Maybe they go out and get a wide receiver that's out there, well, Allen Robinson. There's, there's still, I mean, Allen Robinson is still out there. There's still some other receivers. There's still, we looked at it yesterday, some, some pretty decent edge rushers. If you wanted to go down that path, you're not going to be able to afford a Von Miller, obviously, if you if you weren't going to pay Chandler Jones, who, by the way, in case you missed it, got three years, right around $51 million, so that's right around $17 million a year. But there are guys we were looking at yesterday that that are out there at the uh, edge rusher position that are you know tier two or tier three with uh, with Melvin Ingram and some of those guys. It does open things up. It is a somewhat uh, it's a different way to approach that where you you have now filled a need. We'll see if 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 Gladney's ready to be you know if he's ready to play as much as uh, as they're going to need him to on a team that has aspirations of winning playoff games. We'll see. But they've now filled that, and it didn't. I'm assuming cost them very much money. We haven't seen the terms of it yet. But uh, by doing that, now yeah, you have some money to potentially use at edge or at wide receiver or at what right guard. I mean, those are really the only positions you're missing from your your starting 22 guys. Yeah, very interesting right now to see how they'll allocate the rest of their dollars. All right, we come back. We will get back into basketball. We'll give you our three biggest takeaways from the Suns' win over the Pelicans as they head into their matchup with the Houston Rockets tonight. It's Suns three-pointer next. Wolf and Luke on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.